spent a long time thinking about what this day would look like. And uh, I just wanted to have fun. <laughs> That's what I wanted to do at my last youth group. I just wanted to have fun. But I didn't want to leave with just a sermon full of just memories and reflection and all that stuff. I wanted to challenge you guys a little bit too. So what we're going to do is today we're going to journey through some of the songs of Frozen 2. <laughs> and I promise you, if you've not seen it, I won't spoil it for you. I also promise you, because some of you are like, oh man, do we have to listen to all those songs? No, you don't. We're not, that's the only song you're going to listen to today, all right? Uh, but I did want to take uh, some of those songs and apply it to my life and your life and, and hopefully find some things in there and, and really just have a lighthearted time with you guys. Is that all right? Yeah. I just, uh, I'm, I'm blown away and, and, and just thinking about how we got to this point. Uh, because seven and a half years feels like, well, seven and a quarter years, uh, feels like it's a really long time, but also a super short amount of time, because it feels like uh, just yesterday, uh, my wife and Ellie and Carson came and visited, and we sat right over there, and uh, we're sitting here going, God, this church is tiny. Why did you call us here? Because uh, we came from a church in Minnesota that had just built a 500-seat stadium seating auditorium. And if you remember, if you were here at that time, this sanctuary sat 100 people. You know, and it feels like it was just yesterday, but we knew that we knew that God had called us here. And I remember thinking, this will make sense someday. So that's why I played that song, right? This will all make sense when I'm older. How many of you have thought that before? (laughs) I was going through my life and I was saying, man, when I was a kid and my parents would be like, when you're older, you'll understand. I'm like, okay, so maybe when I'm a teenager. And then when I was a teenager, I'm like, I really don't get this at all. Maybe when I'm in college or graduated college, I'll have it figured out. And then I got there and realized I knew nothing. And maybe when I'm older, I'll figure it out. Maybe when I'm married, we'll figure this thing out together. We're still trying to figure it out, right? And maybe, maybe when we have kids, we'll, we'll know how to be a parent. We'll figure all this stuff out. <clears throat> okay. Uh, someday, maybe we'll get there. But I just love the irony of that song, right? When you're older, everything makes sense. It doesn't. And that's kind of the point of the song without ru- ruining any of the plot. And I won't do that for you if you've not seen it or you're worried about it. But that is the, the intent of that song is the irony is that you think, and I think, when we're older, it will all make sense. And there is some truth to that. And there is also some truth in knowing that we won't ever fully know why things happen the way they will. Only God does. So I, th- I remember thinking through that process. And I remember uh, actually sitting in Frozen 2 with my family and watching it and listening to the songs and it's a very melancholy type of movie and sitting going this is my life right now it's about growing up it's about stepping out in faith it's about all those things and going oh lord i was not ready for a spiritual lesson from a kids movie (laughs) right i i mean i'm a i'm a youth pastor i'm a kids pastor i find illustrations from kids movies all the time but i was just there to have entertainment with my kids right But God was beginning to speak to me, and and we know, as Christians, we should know, we think we know, that when we say yes to Christ, we're actually saying yes to a life of uncertainty and and not knowing what's in store for us. The certainty we have is Christ. The certainty we have is that God does have a plan for us, but the uncertainty is we may not know what it is. We may not understand why things happen the way they do, and we have to be okay with that. We have to understand that there's that tension of of eternal comfort, of eternal plans that God has for us, but at the same time, not knowing what the next step is. Or hesitantly putting your foot in front of you, right? 
But that is exactly what faith is. And throughout the message, we'll talk about that a little bit today. But some scriptures I, I, I've thought of is because we want to know things like Proverbs 3, 7 says, don't be impressed with your own wisdom. Instead, fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Because when we think we've got it all figured out, that's when God's like, no, you don't. <laughs> or life does, right? Something happens, you're like, whoa, I was not expecting that. Things happen at work, things happen with your kids. And what do you do with that? You're forced to kind of reconcile that I have almost no control over my own life. Life happens and God has a plan and the best I can do is follow where God's leading me and put one foot in front of the other. Psalm 119, 105 says this, the, your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. And how true that is for all of us. How true that is for me and, and Jody in this season. Uh, we're just trusting <laughs> and thinking this will all make sense someday. <laughs> this will all just make sense. And I'm just sitting there watching Olaf sing and dance and going, yep, I get you, man. Someday when I'm older, I'll get this. Maybe or maybe not. So today as we walk through these, uh, these songs, I just want you to know that it, this, this message is birthed out of a heart for this church, for you, the people church. I look around the room and I'm just blown away by the amount of people that were here my first Sunday that are still here. This is your church. I was just given the awesome opportunity to be here with you and to do the ministry with you. So come with me on a crazy journey, listening to song lyrics, talking about what God's word has to say, and uh, I hope I challenge you through it. So one of the very first songs in Frozen 2 is called All Is Found, and it's a song that uh, is being sung to some girls, and it says this, where the north wind meets the sea, there's a river full of memory. Sleep, my darling, safe and sound, for in this river all is found. In her waters deep and true lay the answers and a path for you. And today, my very first point and probably my most important point of the whole morning is this, is that we need to remember that all is found when we find Jesus. I'm going to say a lot of other things. There's a lot of other points we can make. But the most important thing is finding Jesus, is loving God and loving people. John 4, 13 through 14 says this, Jesus replied, anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again, but those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. So what's the most important thing? Finding this living water that's only found in Jesus. And if we forget that, we've missed it all. We've missed it. We can come to church every single Sunday. We can serve. We can do all that stuff. But if we don't have relationship with Christ, we've missed it. That's where everything starts to make sense in a really confusing, nonsensical way. When we submit to Jesus. It's been said, uh, there's, there's a few different things, right? Keep the main thing the main thing. Uh, there's also the acronym KISS. Anybody know what that stands for? Keep it simple, stupid, right? And sometimes I think... Uh, we overcomplicate things and we think about all this other stuff we have to do. But if we remember the main thing that it's about Jesus, the rest starts to figure itself out, doesn't it? If Jesus is our Lord and Savior and we submit to him and we come to the cross daily and say, you are my Lord, you are my Savior, I'm imperfect, I've screwed up. Man, God honors that and he begins to work out a path for you and it's amazing. 
There's an illustration that I love, uh, and, uh, mostly because it's about the Packers. And uh, I know half of you in here despise me for that comment, but it's okay because the Packers are in the playoffs and the Bears aren't. So, um, love you guys. Love you guys. All right. So it was July of 1961, and there were 38 members of the Green Bay Packers together for the first day of training camp. The previous season ended with a defeat uh, when the Packers had a late lead in the fourth quarter but ended up losing to the Eagles in the NFL championship game. For an entire offseason now, the Packers have been forced to think about their loss and what happened and, and, and figure out what was going on. But finally, it was training camp, and they were there to work for next season to begin to put in the work for it. They were eager to learn and move their game to the next level and work on details that would help them win a championship. It was at that moment when Vince Lombardi, who the, you know, the Super Bowl trophy is named after, the coach of the Green Bay Packers, Vince Lombardi walks in, he picks up a football, and he looks at his team and he says, this is a football. Establishing they needed to get back to the essentials of what football was. And that was a super basic thing for him to do. Those guys had been playing football for years. They knew what a football was. Was that the point? No. The point was to get back to the basics and get back to what was the main thing. So one of my challenges for you and for myself too is to remember to keep the main thing the main thing. That it's about me submitting to Jesus and then me sharing Jesus with other people. That's about this church coming together and being a light in the community and reaching out outside of these walls to share that Christ is so amazing. The salvation that can only be found in Christ. Jesus talked about this, and this is one of my favorite uh, passages. In Matthew chapter 22, verses 37 through 40, Jesus is being tested, and he replies with this. You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. All is found when we love God and find Jesus. The second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. So as we close a chapter here, and you guys really step fully into a new chapter, keep the main thing the main thing. Shine Jesus wherever you go. Be a light here in this community. But that means daily you have to submit yourself to Jesus. Daily. Sometimes I feel like I need to do it hourly, right? Because things come up and I react poorly or do those different things. But we have to be willing to do that. And I've noticed over my years as I've been reflecting uh, that when we have really, as a church, kept the main thing, the main thing, God has done some amazing things in this church. I think back to some highlights uh, of this time here in in youth group when we... uh, when we have snow camp, where it only snowed one out of seven years, by the way, <laughs> right? And there was literally only snow on the ground that one year. All of the other years, it was 50 plus degrees the week of snow camp. And the best we could do is get some ice out here on the uh, drainage tile, right? Some of you teenagers know exactly what I'm talking about. But those moments at snow camp, the students would show up ready to make the main thing the main thing. We put everything else away. We had fun, we did that, but those services were so powerful. I think about times that our church has gone on missions trips, whether it was to Nicaragua or here in the States or to Haiti, and how God moved through all of us in those opportunities. I think about the years of Single Moms Morning Out, where we just loved our community. 
I think about Service Sunday. I think about the number of nonprofits that were started in this church, usually during a Daniel fast. So just those of you who are doing the Daniel's fast, be ready. Who who knows what God's going to do through you, right? I think back at those moments and the moments where the main thing was the main thing is when God did the the most amazing things. So remember, all is found at the feet of Jesus. The next one is actually where the sermon title comes from, Into the Unknown. And it's a whole song. It's Elsa's big song. And uh, she says this in her song. She says, I can hear you, but I won't. Some look for trouble while others don't. There's a thousand reasons I should go about my day and ignore your whispers, which I wish would go away. Into the unknown. And for me, I'm like, that's me too. That's what God's been doing in my life. I felt like God was uh, orchestrating some things and I was kind of sitting there like, I don't really want to go. If you watch Doctor Who, there's a great season where the doctor's about ready to change and he goes, I don't want to go and it's full of emotion and stuff. That's kind of this moment I was having during this movie. Why? Because it's stepping into the unknown. Because it's not knowing what the next day has, which we already don't know, by the way. We don't know what tomorrow holds. We don't know what an hour from now holds. And every day and every step is a, 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 uh, a, an exercise in faith and stepping out into the dark. So what do we do? Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. That was our prayer this, this season. God, make it clear. Open doors or shut doors, we don't care, but do what you can to show us the right thing to do. And for us, we can apply that to our lives in, in everything. We, we have to just submit ourselves to God and trust him. It's, it's a faith exercise. Psalm 28, 7 says this, The Lord is my strength and shield. I trust him with all my heart. He helps me and my heart is filled with joy. I burst out in songs of thanksgiving, which when you're about to step into a season of known seems ludicrous. Right? When you don't know what the next thing is or you're intimidated or scared, but we trust God. And I'm intrigued that the psalmist there says, I burst out in songs of thanksgiving. Because at first, there was no thanksgiving in my heart. And then over the last week or so and last night, I came in, I put my sermon notes in, and I came in here and I prayed. And when I walked out those doors, my heart was singing thanksgivings. Just being thankful and blessed and grateful for the opportunity here. And then I got it. And I think of, uh, I think of Paul in jail. And what do they do? They broke out in songs of thanksgiving. And God moved mightily in their midst. The unknown is where we truly, we learn to truly rely on God. It's also the place God wants us to be because if we're in the unknown, that means we can only trust him. And if we're trusting him, we can't trust ourselves. (laughs) We can't trust our emotions. Emotions lie to us all the time. They warp our sense of reality. But when we step into the unknown and we step out in faith and we put Jesus at the center and all is found at Jesus, right? That's where he wants us to be. There's that Hillsong song we sung here probably a hundred times. It's called Oceans, right? And it's all about stepping out in faith. 
and I won't quote any more song lyrics for you because I got a bunch more, right? <laughs> but when we're totally reliant on God, we cannot be reliant on ourselves and we are forced to trust him. So I step out in the unknown, following God, following the call to minister to students and knowing that that's what I have to do. And knowing that I can't do anything but trust God in this process because uh, he's the reason I'm taking these steps. He's the reason uh, God's moved the things he's done. And like, we're we just trusting. That's all we can do. So I want to challenge you to do that. And I want you to also understand that you don't have to be afraid. Second Timothy 1.7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but, a, but of power, love, and self-discipline. So when we step out in the unknown, we don't have to be afraid. I think of all the times that uh, God told Joshua, do not be afraid, do not be terrified, for the Lord, your God, is with you wherever you go. You start searching that and you find out in Joshua that's said a lot. Joshua was stepping into the unknown. One of the next songs is this, the next right thing. So I'll walk through this night, stumbling blindly toward the light and do the next right thing. And with it done, what comes then? When it's clear that everything will never be the same again, then I'll make the choice to hear that voice and do the next right thing. When you step into the unknown and you don't know what to do next, all you can do is do the next right thing, is to be obedient, is to say, God, I don't understand, but here I go, and take that step. There are lots of times in our lives that we don't know what to do next, but we might know what the right thing is. Do that. Do the right thing. It's never wrong to love people. <laughs> it's never run, wrong to love God. It's never wrong to step out in faith and be forced to rely on God. When you try to do the next right thing, there are times when uh, it might get tough. It might get hard. But we also need to understand that that's part of our journey. James 1, 2 through 6. And I would say in self-reflection, uh, especially over the last uh, year and a half or so, I probably used this text a dozen times. James just really has spoken to me, I guess, over this time. And it says this. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. I feel like James in this moment is like an infomercial guy. But wait, there's more. There's great joy. And you're like, I'm not buying what you're selling, bro. All right? For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow, for when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. If you need wisdom, ask our generous God, and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking, but when you ask him, be sure that your faith in God is in God alone. Do not waver, for a person with divided loyalty is unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. So when you're walking along your journey, and God comes along and screws up all your plans and messes with what you think is the established order, consider it great joy. And that is so ironic. <laughs> but it's so powerful. Because we don't know. We don't like to be tested. It goes right along with the message uh, this morning after worship, right? We don't like to be pressed or crushed. We don't want to be persecuted. We don't want to be beat down uh, but those are opportunities for us to grow. 
about a year and a half ago, my friend Joey came in here and he spoke on, on growth and he used the illustration, and it, it, you guys, a lot of you know this, right? To build muscle, you have to tear it down first and allow for growth to happen. Oftentimes our lives are the same way. True growth comes when we're stretched, when we're rebuilt the way that God wants us to be. And we grow. Galatians 6, 7 through 10 says this, don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. Those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. But those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Therefore, whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone, especially to those in the family of faith. For me, it all comes down to uh, verse 9 there. Don't tire of doing what is good. Don't give up. I feel like this church has a rich history of being obedient and doing good. And sometimes it's tiring because it costs us something, right? It costs us either financially or it costs us with our time or energy or sometimes it's just our emotion. Like, I don't have the emotional energy to do this anymore. Paul challenges us and I challenge you. Don't tire of doing good. Do the next right thing. One foot in front of the other. And I'd sing for you, but I'll spare you because there's a Christmas movie with that in there, all right? So finally, my last, my last song and my last point uh, for this time is a song called Some Things Never Change. And uh, Jody and I uh, did this as a lip sync on our last Wednesday night, and I butchered it, uh, but it's all good. And the lyrics to me are, are very powerful, and they echo how I feel. The winds are restless. Could that be why I'm hearing this call? Is something coming? I'm not sure. I want things to change at all. These days are precious. Can't let them slip away. I can't freeze this moment, but I can still go out and seize this day. And later in the song, it says this. Some things never change. Turn around in the time that's flown. Some things stay the same, though the future remains unknown. May our good luck rest, may our past be past. Time's moving fast, it's true. Some things never change, and I'm holding on tight to you. And uh, there's been a lot of time that feels like it's flown by here. And I want you to know that some things will never change. It's a season of change at this church, and it has been for about two years, it feels like, maybe three, who knows. It feels like it's just been a ceaseless <laughs> cycle of change and things happening here. But a few things never change. One, God's love for you. God's love is eternal. And it never changes. Another thing that never changes how I think about you guys. There's a deep love from me to you and from my family to you. My kids have grown up in this church 
and gotten to learn from you guys. I mean, Ellie was barely two when we moved here, and Carson was four months old, and he was a tiny child. (laughs) He was itty-bitty, and he wouldn't go in the nursery. He would just scream uh, for months, and actually, to be honest, he wouldn't even let me hold him. So if you were in the nursery during that time, don't be offended. He wouldn't go to anybody. (laughs) He would only let Jody (laughs) hold on to him, and he would cry even while she was showering. So just, you're like, you guys are like, oh, he just does that. No, he did that all the time. And uh, from there, now we have a nine, seven, five, and four-year-old who have the opportunity to learn from a lot of you guys. They worship with you. They play with your kids. And our love for this church will always be incredibly strong. And it's because of your love for us. You guys welcomed my family in. You had no idea who we were. Uh, <laughs> We moved here. We literally knew nobody here. Um, my family lives six and a half hours away. Jody's family lives 14 hours away. And uh, we moved away from Minneapolis where we had lived for 10 years and been a part of our church for 10 years uh, to come here. And you guys have given us the opportunity to, uh, to serve and to work and to love and to fail. And boy, I could, I could stand up here and preach a whole message on just the times I've screwed up here. Uh, and probably have a two-parter or three-parter series on the amount of times I've screwed up here. But it's because of your love that you were gracious. And you gave me freedom to learn from my mistakes, to grow. That's part of the process, especially as pastors. We make lots of mistakes, and we have to learn along the way. I went to four years of Bible college, and uh, I learned more (laughs) in my first year of ministry than I think I did at my four-year degree. Uh, just because it's so different. There's, you know, you guys get it, right? There's head knowledge and then there's like the practical knowledge. Probably teachers in the room, you get it a little bit, right? <laughs> like, you, you get that. So, some things never change. God's love, our love for you guys. I'm gonna leave you with two things. I think Paul probably said it best. And some of this won't apply for me to you, but a lot of it will. Philippians 1, chapter three says this. Every time I think of you, I give thanks to God. Whenever I pray, I make my requests for all of you with joy. For you've been my partners in spreading the good news about Christ. From the first time you heard it until now. And I am certain that God, who began the good work in you, will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. So it is right that I should feel as I do about all of you. For you have a special place in my heart. You share with me the special favor of God, both in my imprisonment, that doesn't apply to me, all right? (laughs) And in defending and confirming the good news. God knows how much I love you and long for you with the tender compassion of Christ Jesus. I pray that your love will overflow more and more and that you will keep on growing in knowledge and understanding for I want you to understand what really matters so that you may live pure and blameless lives until the day of Christ's return. May you always be filled with the fruit of your salvation, the righteous character produced in your life by Christ Jesus, for this will bring much glory and praise to God. And I just, those words said it way better than I ever could. So thank you for this awesome opportunity. 
And it has been an honor to be your pastor. It's been an honor to be on this journey with you. And the last weeks have really been filled with a lot of love, a lot of great memories, a lot of conversations about just the most random things, about how the teenagers slaughtered me and Uno on our first missions trip to Nicaragua. Just like the weirdest things come up and you... You know, we were sitting at Culver's my last Wednesday, which I had to say goodbye to my Culver's people on Wednesdays too, which was really hard. And I'll be honest, they were actually a little sad too, so that made me feel a little bit okay. Uh, And uh, just thinking about even just those simple memories of going to Culver's after youth group every Wednesday. And just thinking about how great and awesome those moments were. So I want to conclude my time, and I want to... uh, It's a prayer, it's a hymn, it's a poem whatever you will, but it all goes back to the main point that all is found in Jesus. And St. Patrick said this, Christ with me, Christ before me. Christ behind me, Christ in me. Christ beneath me, Christ above me. Christ on my right, Christ on my left. Christ when I lie down, Christ when I sit down. Christ when I arise, Christ in the heart of every man who thinks of me. Christ... Christ in the mouth of everyone who speaks of me. Christ in every eye that sees me and Christ in every ear that hears me. That's my prayer for me. That's my prayer for my family. That's my prayer for you. So thank you.